one piece of advice I'd give to the best ever listeners is you don't pay contractors first, have them do the work and then pay them. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend them. I've worked with them before. I'm currently working with them right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take them up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we cut out all that fluffy stuff. We don't get into it. We talk about real estate insights that move your business forward. And with us today, we've got a top 100 artist. If you haven't heard his songs, then go check him out in the show notes page. But I'm sure you have because he's top 100 artist on Billboard. His name's Austin Shellhammer. How you doing, Austin? I'm doing good. How you doing? I doing really well, my friend. And in addition to uh, being a singer and a, an artist, you're also a real estate investor. And a little bit about Austin before he gets into it. He's an active real estate investor. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's currently doing nine flips two developments and owns a couple rental properties. As I mentioned before, he's got his own band and he's involved in a, a software development. He's based in Denver, Colorado, and you can say hi to him at corecrowdfunding.com. With that being said, Austin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? When I was young, I started a couple of businesses and saved up some money. And that led me to real estate my first condo, fixed it up, really small, 400 square feet, but I was able to buy it all cash, and I owned it outright. So then I bought a fourplex, my first rental property, and I took that, leveraged off that, and now I have a huge portfolio of fixing flip properties that I'm currently renovating, and actually now I'm doing 15, which is pretty crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your website that you gave me is Core Crowdfunding. What's your involvement with that? Uh, yeah, so I have a business partner. He's actually in Aspen, Colorado, and we're creating a company called Core Crowdfunding where we're actually not only trying to raise money for our current deals, but we're also going to be licensing the software to other people so that they can actually get money for their deals in real estate. Cash is king and sometimes you need money for your deals so why not reach out to other real estate investors 
I have to ask you about the you know being a serial entrepreneur, especially when you first got going and you saved up money mm-hmm. to buy a four hundred square foot condo right after high school. What were you doing to save up that money? Right when I graduated high school, it was kind of when the market crashed, and I saw an opportunity as far as stocks go. So I bought um, actually Apple when it was really really low, and then I sold it about four years later and that's how I was able to buy that and I also was in network marketing and I also had a car business as well (laughs) network marketing I understand what that is what were you selling in network marketing Uh, I was actually an energy drink and the car business what was your involvement there Uh, so that was a chauffeur company you were driving people around or you own the business Uh, I own the business so I think at one point I had nine drivers and then five cars do you still have that business uh yes i do how's uber doing compared to you know have they taken market share from you uh actually we work with uber and i'm actually bringing some pretty good leads so ah okay and how i mean just now i'm going down the rabbit hole there but I'm, i'm curious how do you work with uber if you have a chauffeur company and how do, like how do you make money in that transaction um so it's really interesting you know we just have the drivers and they sign up with uber and then they log on to the app when it's not busy when we don't have our own clients and then yeah they do what everyone else is doing but they work for our company do you make a fee off of their uber trips yes that's correct huh interesting okay now let's get back to the real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a fourplex. How soon after high school? Because you bought the 400 square foot after high school, and then how soon after did you get the fourplex? Um, that was about two and a half years later. I think I heard mm-hmm. that you refinanced it or you got some equity out of it and then funded other deals. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, you know, being an entrepreneur, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to this, you know, I can't get a loan because I don't have the right income. And my credit wasn't amazing. And so I actually used hard money to get a loan off of that property. And then I used that money to build a portfolio of fixing flips. What were the terms of the hard money loan you got on that fourplex? Uh, so it was 12% and two points, so not too crazy. The collateral was the fourplex? Yes, that's correct. Okay. 12% and two points. You use that money, and how much were you able to borrow from the hard money lender in order to do flips? Uh, two hundred eighty thousand. And you took that two eighty, and what was like the money just got deposited in your account? Now, what were your next steps? And then I just started buying fixing flips, and yeah, building a portfolio. Did you have any training wheels for your first fix and flip, or anybody helping you out? Uh, I did have one mentor, but really, I just kind of went in and I did a lot of the, I didn't do a lot of the work, but I was around the contractors a lot just to see what was involved in that first fix and flip. Interesting. Just for curiosity, you're also a singer. What's the name of the group? Uh, New Profession. And I'm a yeah, solo artist. Solo artist. Yeah. A new profession. How'd you get involved in that? Right after I graduated high school and I started doing music. I've done music, you know, ever since I was five. But I learned that music actually does take a lot of money. You know, you have to go to the studio. It's $40 an hour, up to $75 an hour. You have to put money into marketing. Music videos are $2,000. 
So I realized you have to have money to be successful in the music industry. And so that's when I looked to real estate to actually fund my music career. Out of all the different ventures from chauffeuring, network marketing, fix and flips, buy and holds, singing, and crowdfunding, I can't believe we've already talked about all this stuff in the short amount of time we've we've been having this conversation, but we have. Definitely. Which one is most fun and then which one is most profitable? Of course, music is the most fun. I could be in the studio all day. Filming music videos is probably the funnest thing. Real estate is actually really fun too. It's about the same. Uh, when you have a big portfolio of properties, it gets really exciting. But I'd have to say that real estate is the most profitable for now. But I believe the music career might be the more profitable in the long term. You've got 15 fix and flips happening right now. Yep. And those other, all those, you know, the, the music stuff and crowdfunding and the chauffeur. How do you prioritize your day? When I prioritize my day, you know, I try and get up as early as possible, probably at least 5 a.m. I uh, usually listen to something motivational, try and read a book. Uh, my key to success, I believe, is my planner. So I always look at my planner and I know what I'm going to get done that day and when I'm going to do it. And then, honestly, I usually just look at properties all day. So I'm driving around, finding the next deal. And then I'm also yeah, just making calls and sending emails. What planner do you use? Is it an online one or is it a, a piece of, like a notebook? It's actually a physical one. I prefer the physical one over the online one because you can actually cross stuff out. And if your phone dies or technology dies, then you'll always have that planner so that you can always be working on something, writing something down, looking at what you need to do next. How far out do you plan your day? I me, Meaning how, how far in advance uh, would you plan your day? Would you plan the day before, two days before, okay. the night before? Yeah, probably at least two or three days before. You know, I usually have meetings four days out, but in the morning, I always know what I'm going to be doing for that full day. When you look at all the you know, different things that you, you're working on, what you need to do, mm-hmm. how do you prioritize how to plan your day? I usually have a system where I put like an A for the most important, most urgent, a B for somewhat important, and then C. So, you know, just whenever I get the A and B stuff done, then I'll get to the C stuff. Now, that sounds good in theory, but I know you must be getting emails, yep. phone calls, tweets, Facebook messages. How do you navigate that whenever you've got a planner with things that you need to do? I honestly just kind of keep those separate. So I just do the planner stuff, and then I do the email stuff separately. And I actually put it in my planner you know, to call this person or text this person and then email this person back. I have a separate section in my planner that says phone calls and then a separate section that says emails. What is the actual notebook? Is it a special type of notebook or is it just like a a three-ring binder notebook with just pieces of blank paper? I believe the brand is called Daytimer. Got it. And that's you fill in the slots that it, it has there. Yep. That's something I wanted to explore with you because I 
maybe I have. I just don't remember somebody who has had this many different entrepreneurial ventures mm -hmm. going on at the same time. I mean, 15 fix and flips alone. I mean, three fix, one fix and flip could take up uh, a lot of time depending on your system. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about your system in real estate. How are you able to manage 15 fix and flips happening right now? It's really all about the team. Um, I have a couple general contractors that I trust and believe in, and we have really good relationships. And so they basically do everything. I just talk to them and see where things are at. But, you know, I don't swing a hammer. I usually just walk the properties every once in a while and make sure they're on track. How do you compensate them? Usually by check. One piece of advice I'd give to the best ever listeners is you don't pay them first, have them do the work and then pay them. And I usually do that. Some of the contractors I've worked with, you know, I built relationships to where I pay them first, but people that I work with in the beginning, I don't pay them first. How long have you been doing the fix and flips? For about two years. What's been uh, something that's gone wrong in this structure and how did you solve it? Something that has gone wrong is actually a partnership all out. I had a couple partners and yeah, we just didn't agree on some things. And so, yeah, it just kind of fell out and we kind of lost a couple properties, which was unfortunate. Do you fix and flip the properties with private money or with the capital that you use from that hard money loan whenever you got it a couple of years ago? I usually you always use hard money as well as private money. And then I also have really, really private money, which is just cash. With the, the properties that got lost as a result of the partnership not working out, where did that money to fund those properties originally come from? Those specific properties we were basically half and half, so I used some of my capital, and then my partners used some of their capital. Okay, so you didn't have to report to a hard money or a private lender and tell them what happened and, and figure out what the ram re repercussions were? Uh, actually, yes, we did. Luckily, the hard money lender worked with us, but yeah, that was kind of difficult to work with them because the terms are really difficult, and if that note ends and you don't have it finished and there's a partnership fallout, they they get really weary of the property. What did you end up coming up with with them as a solution? With the hard money, we basically just wholesaled the deal um, and cut the partnership off and then, yeah, just moved on with our lives. When you look at future partnerships, mm -hmm. if you would look at future partnerships, what would you do differently? What I've learned in business is with partnerships, you really don't know someone and how they do business for at least a couple of years. So for those first couple of years, you really have to make sure your contracts are in place. You have to make sure everything is up front and you have to make sure who has contributed what, what's going to happen if this specific situation happens and just have everything in writing. So if it comes down to it, you can just look at the contract and that's how you decide things. Austin, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice is when managing 
portfolios and fix and flips, uh, you have to make sure you have enough reserves in your account. One thing is that, you know, cash flow is really huge when you have, you know, 15 properties going and you're going to have a lot of unexpected expenses. And so make sure just to have my rule of thumb is 10% in the bank because I guarantee you're going to have to spend more money than expected. And also I don't like buying properties on emotion. It's really easy to do, but I always have to just look at the numbers and the location. And if the numbers and the location work, then I'm going to buy the property. I'm not going to buy it off emotion. When you say 10% in the bank, it what is it? 10% of what? Uh, 10% of what I was initially going to spend capital-wise on that property. So 10% of your original budget, so 10% extra. Yes, that's correct. For each of the properties. Yep. Austin, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Uh, yes, I am. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you looking to buy in Memphis, Tennessee, or do you need some property management help in Memphis, Tennessee? Well, then go talk to Douglas Skipworth. Episode number 455 is when I spoke to him. He's got a company called CrestCore, and they specialize in real estate and property management in Memphis. Go to CrestCore.com. That's C-R-E-S-T-C-O-R-E.com. What's the best ever book you've oh, read? Best ever book I've ever read. Um, so I would say Robert Kiyosaki books, but I feel like kind of cliche so the best second book i'd say is stop acting rich by thomas j stanley what's that about well <laughs> i think i know what it's about yep. <laughs> what's a less what's a what's a, a insightful takeaway that you've got from it so it's really really interesting it talks about how wealthy people are actually really frugal and the people that have really nice things nice cars nice houses are actually not rich and don't build wealth best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it personal growth experience was probably uh the partnership fallout i really learned to make sure my contracts were tight and also just to yeah really get to know someone before you get into business with them best ever deal you've done best ever deal i've done uh so this was actually up in the mountain towns of colorado we bought a property from an investor where their contractor walked off the job, so we got it for a really, really good deal. Um, the purchase price was 550000 The renovation was 150000 and we actually sold that for $1.3 million. Best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way I'd like to give back is actually like to mentor people who are just getting into real estate, and I actually teach a couple classes a month in my office. You're office in Denver? Yes, that's correct. What classes do you teach? I teach mainly how to manage a portfolio, but also I teach classes with one of my main contractors, and they teach how to manage contractors and manage properties. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate or business? The biggest mistake I've made is probably getting too over-leveraged. It's Really, real estate is really exciting, and you can start buying properties. And before you know it, you're broke and you don't have cash flow. And I did that once. Luckily, I was able to raise the money to get out of that. But it's really easy to do to where you just start buying properties and you don't know where you're at financially. And what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? So you can actually 
text me if you like, 720-891-0147, or you can go to my website, which is corecrowdfunding.com. Austin, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your advice with best ever listeners and talking about your entrepreneurial ventures, multiple multiple S's on that, like five S's on, on venture, yeah, <laughs> and the lessons that you've learned from your experiences, the... Uh, I mean, the the resourceful and the ambition, really, ambition is the best word that, that you've had. You're very, very ambitious and um, clearly take action in a organized and methodical way. I love hearing that you get up at least 5 a.m., listen to something motivational. You got your day planned out, uh, as well as how you've scaled your fix and flip company over the last couple years to now 15 fix and flips and you've got a team that's working with you and making things happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of lessons for entrepreneurs, uh, and this is a, a very valuable conversation. So thanks so much. Hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Are you looking to buy in Memphis, Tennessee, or do you need some property management help in Memphis, Tennessee? Well, then go talk to Douglas Skipworth. Episode number 455 is when I spoke to him. He's got a company called CrestCore, and they specialize in real estate and property management in Memphis. Go to CrestCore.com. That's C-R-E-S-T-C-O-R-E.com.